do that. Lord, we pray uh, that you would speak to us this evening through the words of your Holy Bible. Uh, would you open our ears to hear from you and our hearts to understand you? Um, would you say something new to each of us this evening? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you've ever had that experience where somebody's talking about something and you are listening and you are trying your best, but you have absolutely no idea what they are talking about. For me in my house, this happens quite a lot. I'm married, um, uh, my husband's called Nathan, and Nathan has a very uh, large number of niche interests. And one of his very specific interests is um, how medieval armor was forged. He's currently uh, making a sword using these techniques in our shed. Uh, I, like I say, he's, he's really into it. Um, and he watches videos on this all the time, and he has these people that he follows on YouTube who are experts in the subject of how armor and weaponry have been forged across the years. Um, and he's just fascinated with all, this whole subject. And every so often, the, the fascination, it overflows out from him, and he comes to me and he says, Sarah, you'll never guess what I learned. And then he will proceed to tell me what he has learned that I cannot repeat to you because I have no understanding about how medieval armor was forged or made. I have no clue. And if I'm honest with you, I don't really care. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, don't feel that sorry for him. I listened to him very nicely. <laughs> But I don't understand it, and if I tried, I still couldn't understand it, because he has spent hours researching this kind of stuff and listening to all of these dif different people, and then hours testing out the different techniques in his shed to see what really works and what doesn't. So if you come over to our house for dinner, you can ask Nathan what he's working on, and he will, his whole demeanor will change. Now, Nathan's a very lovely person, but even he will get more excited and animated and interested, and he will drag you out to his shed where you will be treated to a lecture on medieval weaponry techniques, and then you'll be shown demonstrations of what he has done to make knives and that Oh, this sounds kind of creepy now I'm saying it out loud to other people. <laughs> and how he's made these things. And at the moment, he's actually making a full sword using these medieval techniques. In fact, um, Johnny Cole was around our house the other day and he found this sword and I had to suddenly panic and be like, parents, parents, where are the parents? Please don't cut your head off with the sword. Um, because he, he's, he's very proud and he's very excited. And I try so hard, but as hard as I try, I do not understand anything he says. Have you had this experience before? Perhaps it's not for you about medieval armor or weaponry. Perhaps for you it's about a particular sport that you don't understand. I ho overheard somebody say earlier today that they do not understand cricket. Cricket is one of the few sports I do understand, so I, I can't come back. Perhaps you don't understand football or rugby. I remember trying to introduce our Romanian friends to the Six Nations last year. It was a lot of effort. They could not get their head around all of the different rules. It's how I feel when my best friend, who's American, tries to explain to me American football. Mm, I don't understand it. And I don't really care. <laughs> so I'm not that interested. Have you ever had this experience, like I have, of somebody's talking to you and they're trying to explain something and you no longer, you don't care or you don't understand and you know that you're never going to be able to understand? It's how I imagine like mathematicians feel when artists talk to them or the other way around. It's just a different language. 
Perhaps you've had this experience where you've had somebody, a friend or a family member, who's trying to talk to you about Jesus, and you're sat there and you're like, I don't understand what you're saying. And they just keep talking about Jesus, like, and, and, and they will not stop. And for the life of you, you can't get your head around what they're saying. And maybe perhaps sometimes you're like, I honestly also don't really care. Uh, so would you please stop talking about it? Today we've got a story about a guy who was trying to understand what he was being told about God. This Ethiopian was reading the chat, he was reading the scriptures, parts of the Old Testament, and he, was, he knew he was being told something about God, but he did not understand what he was being told. He was confused by it. Um, and so we're going to kind of follow along with his journey a little bit this evening, because the Ethiopian had a question. The passage says, they came to a body of water that probably didn't look as nice as this one. And he said, what is to stop me from being baptized in this water? He didn't really understand. Um, and I would argue that there are three things that I can think of that were barriers to him being baptized in that water. And the first one was just hearing about and knowing about God. You see, he had access to the scriptures, but he hadn't really unfolded it for himself. I don't know what you have heard about God, um, if you can think back, I wonder, can you think back to the first time you remember hearing anything about God? Perhaps you heard it from a parent. I wonder, did you hear about it at primary school? Did you go to like a primary school assembly and you heard them talking about God? I was speaking to a member of my youth club earlier in the week and she was saying that her clearest, earliest memories of hearing about God were in her primary school. And so what she knew about God were the words to shine Jesus shine and all things bright and beautiful. And that was the sum total of really what she knew about God came from singing those songs in primary school. She says, I'm sure they taught us other stuff, but those were the only things I remembered because those are the things we did again and again and again. Those are the things she knew. And I wonder what you have heard about God. Perhaps you have heard from your primary schools or your parents or your friends or your children. I wonder if what you've heard about God has not been particularly great. Perhaps you've heard some unpleasant things about God, or things about God you feel cannot possibly be true. Or perhaps the things you've heard about God have come to you not from his word like the Ethiopian has, but perhaps you've heard about it through other people. You know, sometimes we hear people who claim to be speaking on behalf of God, and what they're saying is horrendously unpleasant. And it seems to you that if that's the kind of person that God is, he's probably not worth speaking to or learning very much more about. Perhaps you've heard bad things, unpleasant things, things you didn't understand, or things that put you off hearing anything more at all. The Ethiopian had heard these things about God that he had been reading from the scriptures, and he was confused about what he heard. And so the second thing that he required after hearing about God was to understand what he had heard and what he had seen. And here we hear that God has placed Philip, one of his followers, in the Ethiopian's presence to help him understand. And I love what it says um, in this verse down here, in verse 35. Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. It's such a, a short bit of a verse, but it's such a lovely picture of the way that God tends to communicate with us. Starting with the passage that he had right there, starting with the place the Ethiopian was in, Philip began to explain what he needed to know about God. 
And I think it's a beautiful picture of what God does for us as well. He doesn't look at our confusion or our uncomfortability or, that's not a word, um, our discomfort. He doesn't look at the things that we are angry about and say, no, 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 come over here. He will start with us from where we are at, where we, what we know at that moment and help us to understand. And this is what the Ethiopian knew. This is the passage he was reading. It has a picture of God. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The Ethiopian was reading a story which was, uh, was reading a passage that is an image of our God. Now often, if you come across images of God, they might be images of great power or authority. It might be about the glory of God or the vastness of God or just his ability to create all of his power and abilities. And yet this is the image that we have in this passage. It is a picture of a God who is meek. who is in pain, who is being attacked. So far, to me, it does not seem particularly godly as an image. Perhaps you will agree with me that we seem to have no shortage in the world of powerful leaders, people who have power and authority, people who are willing to use their power for or against others, people who are standing up and shouting loudly. And so it's interesting that the image that we have here of God is not as somebody who comes in power, is not somebody who comes in leadership, is not somebody who comes in authority or in a sense of a ruler. But he comes to serve. It seems to me that's what we have a shortage of in the world anyway. Not leaders, but people who look to serve. Not those who look to be served, but those who look to gift to others. It's not that we believe God can't claim authority, that he doesn't have power or leadership, but that he knows that what the world needs is not that, but it is an outpouring of love. As we look around at the news headlines even just today, is that not what we think the world might need a little bit more of? Love care, compassion, somebody who will put other people first, not think only of themselves. This then is the nature of God. He is a servant. He is willing to be humiliated, to suffer out of love for the people around us. We just sung, build my life upon your love It is a firm foundation. And the reason that we believe that is because it is the love of God that answers all the hate and the ugliness and the darkness, both that we see in the world, but also that we feel in our own hearts. Is that love that sacrifices so wholly and gives up for other people. That is what brings healing, what brings hope. The ability not to raise himself up above us, as he undoubtedly can, but to seek to serve us. And as we receive that outpouring of his love, we look to be made in that image as well, 
to serve him, to serve those people around us. In a moment, when Lizzie is baptised, she's going to come down into this pool. And there's an image there of death and resurrection. The idea that Lizzie will die to any kind of selfishness uh, that she has within herself, to any kind of hatred she has within herself. Now, I know Lizzie, and I'm struggling to imagining her hating anybody, but I'm certain your parents could tell me that you're not perfect. Maybe they think you are. I mean, maybe, maybe you are. I don't know. Um, but there's the image there of dying to herself and being raised into a new life. And the sta- She's wonderful. And those standards of her new life are about the love that God has for her and the love she's called to share with the world. And for those of us that have been baptised, that is what we have found to be true. We die to ourselves not because... Um, God is a God that makes us sit in self-judgment or making us feel awful or shame or guilt, but because his love is greater, because the world is dark, because we do have darkness within us, and we die to that and we are raised into new life, is a beautiful image of what is possible when we believe in Jesus. And it's the image that's found in this passage. We choose to give up our own authority over ourselves because we see the example of our God, that he came to serve other people. And so that would be the third thing that I think the Ethiopian requires. He needs to know about God. He needs to understand about God. And he makes a choice. Lizzie today is making a choice. And many of us here have already made that choice for ourselves. Now, it's not an expectation that we'll make that choice and we never have any doubts or questions again. Um, but it's a choice after Lizzie's had time to explore faith for herself. It's a choice based on the love of God. It's a commitment to knowing him better. And here we see the Ethiopian make that choice for himself. Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptised? And at this point in the story, there is nothing. So Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And then they came up out of the water together. So here is our challenge for us today. Uh, Perhaps uh, you have heard before about God, but you have not felt like you have understood what it is all about. It does not seem to make sense to you, or you do not feel like you understand it. I have an answer for you today. In the autumn, we are going to be running an alpha course. (laughs) Have you heard about this yet? We're going to be running lots of Alpha courses. I think, are we up to six? Yeah. We're going to be running them at all different times of the day. Alpha is a place for people who have questions to explore. It is not about forcing you to come to a conclusion. It's about coming alongside other people who are exploring and having an opportunity to ask questions. We will also be running a Youth Alpha. Oh, yeah, thank you. Very nice. So you can come whatever age you are and explore faith for yourself. Because this image of a God who was like a sheep to the slaughter, I think demands some exploring. If this is what God looks like, if this is what he is willing to do for us, why? What difference does that make? How can I understand that for myself? And so do please take a flyer for Alpha. They are at the back on your way out. You are so welcome to come and explore it with us. 
And if you're sat here right now and you're thinking, well, I've heard about God and I have understood about God, but I have not, made, have not yet made a choice to follow him, can I encourage you to take guidance from Lizzie's example and make a decision to be baptised? Baptism often happens after the decision. In the story here, we have the Ethiopian coming to understand about God and immediately being baptised. Um, Lizzie decided about God a few months ago now, six months ago now? Yeah, and is now being baptised. Um, but it's a, it's a commandment to obedience what Lizzie is doing. We will have many more baptism services next year. Can I encourage you to consider whether or not that might be the right place for you? There is something here in the hearing from God and understanding about God and making a choice. In all of this, the Ethiopian gets to make his own decisions about it. He has chosen to open the scriptures. He has chosen to explore them. God provided Philip to help him understand them. And then he made the choice himself. What a God that does not come and force our faith. He does not come and, and threaten us at sword point. He does not demand that we worship him. But it is a choice. A choice we can make every day. To open our Bibles, to access God's word, to talk to people who understand more than we do, to bring that in. When we seek God and to understand him better, we find always that he will provide the answers that we seek. So as uh, we come together as a church community, as we continue to worship, um, as we continue to move forward through this baptism service, shall we continue to seek God together that we might understand more about him even this evening as we are a church family? Let me pray. God, thank you that you are God who loves us. You do not demand obedience, but offer it as an option. Lord, thank you that there is an answer to the darkness that we see in the world, that the pain that we sometimes feel, that there is a hope and a love that is greater than all that is around us. Help us, Lord, to understand more about you, to come deeper into an understanding of you, and to come to know you for ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite the band.